Hello and welcome to Lifetimes of Learning, a production at the Buddhist Discussion Centre Australia. In our podcast series, we'll be discussing the teachings and principles of Buddha Dharma, which is just as relevant today as they were 2,600 years ago. In this podcast, we will cover the chapter 2 of the book, titled Bringing Wisdom to Life, authored by Anita Carter and Frank Carter, published by Tableau Publishing in 2018. Copyright hold by Buddhist Discussion Centre Upway Limited. Whether you are on the meditation cushion or on your way to work, we invite you to bring your mind inside and listen to the teachings of the Buddha. Chapter 2. Happiness Map Words like love or happiness can mean a lot of different things to different people or can mean different things when used in different circumstances. In the context of Buddhism, what are we referring to when we talk about our well-being and happiness? We're not really talking about the happiness that comes when we experience something we like or acquire something we wanted. That form of happiness from a Buddhist point of view is not very reliable or stable. As soon as we lose the thing, we were happy about or as soon as the experience we like stops, our happiness can shrivel up. The pleasure of hearing a great new song fades, our new clothes become old-fashioned, our new car becomes outdated, our cutting-edge computer is soon too slow, and maybe even a past friend becomes a new enemy. The person we once loved now seems to irritate us, These scenarios we all know too well. Getting what we want doesn't ensure our happiness. Maybe it looks like it will make us happy at the time. But from a Buddhist viewpoint, it is transitory and unreliable. Sooner or later, everything wears out. Also, this type of happiness that depends on something outside us often has too much dependency and attachment in it. This dependency tends to work against our happiness. For example, we may experience some happiness with our partner, yet at the same time, because our attachment to them, we may experience such things as jealousy, possessiveness, insecurity and resentment because they won't be what we want them to be. We are focused too much externally We see external improvement as our main investment for our well-being and our family's well-being. Consider all the things we believe we need to improve. Home improvements, wealth improvements, car improvements, status improvements, job improvement, relationship improvement, and so many things. How much of our perception and mental space is caught up in this belief that improving our external situation is all that is needed to be happy? Do we really get to be happier over our lifetime as we attain these things? In any case, can we be sure which of these things will last for us? It's not that these things are of no value. They are certainly important and necessary and we must attend to them. However, in essence, 
these things are fundamentally our mechanics for living. They are our supply chain of what is needed to support our life, such as our food, our shelter, our clothing, our transport, our health, our education, and so on. But we can easily believe they are ends in themselves. We hope that this life support system, when developed to a certain level, will provide real security and happiness for us. If our existing view of how happiness is produced was accurate, we would understand how to become happier over time, and we would see many others who follow a similar path appearing to be really happy. Most of the time, is this what is happening? It becomes evident if you do the analysis that our happiness will never have a secure base if it is tied to external events and conditions which are outside our control. By contrast, the Buddhist approach comes from the understanding that to develop real happiness in our mind, we need to focus on improving our mind and the way we experience living. Virtue platform. If we pick up a book on Buddhism, we won't find in it such a thing as a happiness map. However, this map is a way of expressing the foundations or platform upon which a happy life can be created. To begin with, it is essential to understand that mental states such as worry, regret, stinginess, ill will, doubt, laziness. Dullness of mind, greed, restlessness, attachment, conceit, aversion, boredom, jealousy, and envy are all producers of unhappiness now and in the future. If we harbor these mental states, they are drivers of unhappiness now, and because of the law of karma. They make causes for similar mental states to come back to us again in the future. Together, they make an unhappiness-producing platform, or a stress-producing platform, or a confusion-producing platform. As the Buddha says in the Dhammapada, chapter one, mind precedes all mental states. Mind is their chief. They are all mind wrought. If with an impure mind a person speaks or acts, suffering follows him like the wheel that follows the foot of an ox. We gradually train ourselves through Buddhist practice to stop the negative or unwholesome minds from arising. Now and in the future, we apply restraint to our negative behavior. In the present, and also apply the correct antidote behavior in the present. For example, the Buddha's meditation to develop loving kindness, called metta meditation, is one example of how we can prompt and cultivate positive, wholesome consciousness and behavior. The wholesome consciousness of metta or loving kindness—it's a natural antidote to unwholesome consciousness such as resentment, aversion, jealousy, and hate. As our love strengthens, the unwholesome states become progressively weaker and easier to give up. 
This is the function of the letting go part of our happiness map. We give up and let go our unwholesome habits and behaviors. Gradually, through practice, we can recognize our negative, unwholesome mental states at both the gross and subtle levels. Then we can let go of them instead of maintaining and strengthening them through our negative behaviors. We don't have to stay annoyed with someone who did something we didn't like. So, if you see yourself starting to get stuck in any unwholesome thinking, tell yourself to let it go. You actually say that as an instruction for your mind to follow. Tell the unwholesome state to stop. Actually, it's not you. It's not a self or something precious or important. It's just one possible state that can arise for a period of time, because it produces unhappiness and clouds your view. Give it up. We can get quite good at dropping the unwholesome minds if we act quickly. Cut them as soon as you first see them, before they become established in your mind. Learn to apply the correct natural antidote. The second part of the Dharma Pada, Chapter One. Quote reads, "Mind precedes all mental states. Mind is their chief. They are all mind wrought. If with a pure mind a person speaks or acts, happiness follows him like his never departing shadow. We train our minds to produce the wholesome mental states such as confidence, mindfulness, friendliness, generosity." Alertness, forgiveness, patience, fear of unwholesomeness, joy, equanimity, lightness of mind, adaptability of mind, and loving kindness. According to the Buddhist texts, there are twenty-five possible wholesome states of consciousness we can develop. See appendix. Wholesome mental states are a secure base for our happiness. They can be developed and strengthened to become robust, resilient, and flexible. They can bend with the wind rather than stress and break. They are intelligent and calm, and they are our real inner strength to deal with the difficulties of life. Over time, through practice, our virtue platform becomes stronger. And our ability to handle misfortune without becoming upset increases. We decide to be a kind person. We decide to relate with others we know, and meet with generosity and lightness of heart. We choose to become friendlier, offer others more warmth and more love. We consider others' needs and offer our help when it would be beneficial. We start to view other people we know as if they were our guests. Training our mind to be wholesome is the way—a true platform for our happiness in this life—is built. According to Buddhism, the wholesome minds and action built in this life becomes powerful causes to have good rebirths in our future lives. So. The bottom line for all Buddhist practice in all Buddhist tradition is this: developing wholesome minds and action is a true foundation of our long-term well-being and happiness. 
We are all going to get old age, sickness, and death this life. That's our body's inescapable future destination. However, it is possible to maintain our wholesome minds as we get older. It is possible to maintain bright, intelligent, happy minds even as our body wears out. It is very common for people's minds to deteriorate along with their bodies. Deterioration as they get older, but essentially it is because their minds are not trained to be wholesome. Let us briefly look at a few other components of our happiness map or virtue platform. From Buddhist understanding and experience, when morality has been strongly practiced and developed, it creates integrity and wholeness of mind that allows us to see things with clarity and depth, helping us discern their true nature. In Buddhism, there are no commandments or similar authoritarian rules of behavior. This is because at the very heart of Buddhism is the principle that the individual is solely responsible for his or her own welfare, happiness or unhappiness, which arise just as a result of the person's own actions. Buddhist morality does not accept that a life and well-being are the outcome of the will of a supreme or higher being. The basis of a person choosing to maintain moral behavior Therefore, it's not because it's a commandment of the religion, but because there is a clear understanding and comprehension that morality is our first and best defense against creating more suffering for ourselves in the future. The Buddha advises us to train our minds and actions so that we keep five precepts. The five precepts are to not kill living beings to not steal, to not commit sexual misconduct, to not lie, to not take intoxicants that cloud the mind. The reason why the five particular negative actions that the precept stops us from committing are highlighted is that the Buddha recognized that some negative actions are more powerful than others. They are more powerful in the sense that they produce more powerful karmic results. He identified that the five negative actions of killing, stealing, lying, sexual misconduct and taking intoxicants produce the most potent negative karma or most concentrated negative karma for ourselves to inherit in our future. Buddhism teaches that in ultimate reality, most of the suffering we had experienced in our life came from us breaking the five precepts in past times. If we take time to consider and reflect on this, it is obvious many of the problems that afflict people individually and in the society at large arise from individuals not keeping these five precepts. Buddhists see keeping precepts as occupational health and safety for our life. These precepts are just like that. They are the minimum standards of safe action of our body, speech and mind, so we do not come to danger in this life or future lives. Precepts are our most powerful form of personal protection since from the ultimate reality viewpoint, they keep us safe and healthy. 
This is a part of a platform or foundation of peaceful content, happy minds, and wholesome mental states. The practice of morality produces powerful good karma, as it is the opposite of the five actions which produce the most powerful negative karma. This type of good karma is experienced by the doer as pure, peaceful, virtuous minds and peaceful living conditions, which are both needed by us to develop on the Buddhist path. There is no such thing as a truly virtuous person who kills other beings or steals from others. It is also a foundation of coming to see things as they really are. The peace and purity that comes as a result of keeping precepts enable our mind to develop right concentration in meditation, which is a prerequisite to developing wisdom. We do not become paranoid about the precepts. We have all broken precepts time and time again in our past, but we decide from now on. We have the intention to keep them. We learn how to keep them well, and we train ourselves to guard them whatever we are doing. If we do break a precept, we don't react to that with guilt or regret. We just note, I have more training to do. We reaffirm that we intend to keep that precept from now on. Mindfulness is the only way to keep precepts. We can only keep precepts really well by being mindful of what we are doing in the present We come into the present, we stop thinking that we will keep the precept at some future time. We look at our situation now. We focus on what we are doing with our body. We consider for a moment before we speak or act. And we watch the thoughts that are arising. In this way, we can guard ourselves and take control of our action, our speech and thoughts to not kill to not lie, to not steal, not commit sexual misconduct, and not take intoxicants. It is in the present time that the karma is being made. If we do not recognize what is happening in the present, we cannot change anything. In Buddhism, we talk about deep levels of happiness, which can become our normal experience of living. These forms of happiness can more easily withstand the ups and downs of life which have in the past usually caused us to experience difficulty. This happiness too can be surpassed by the nourishment of deep contentment and serenity and finally the sublime state of Nibbana where the mind becomes unshakable and never strays from the perfect peace. For the detailed happiness map diagram, please refer to page 17 of the book titled Bringing Wisdom to Life. Thank you for listening to our Lifetimes of Learning podcast. To listen to our other recordings, please go to our website www.bdcu.org.au and click on Dharma Teachings. Or you can go to our online World Buddhist Radio station from our website by clicking on Buddhist Radio. May you be well and happy. May all beings be well and happy.